This is Education Matters, brought to you by the Ohio Education Association. Welcome back to Education Matters. I'm Katie Olmsted, part of the communications team for the Ohio Education Association, which represents about 120,000 K-12 teachers, higher ed faculty members, and education support professionals in the state. Those education support professionals, or ESPs, play a critical role on the education team and in the lives of students both inside and outside of the classroom, keeping our schools running and our students safe, healthy, and ready to learn every day. They're the clerical staff, food services staff, custodians and maintenance workers. They're paraeducators, transportation, skilled trades, and technical services staff. They work with kids in the health and student services fields and so much more. ESPs strengthen our schools, communities, and local associations across the country. And the Wellington School Support Staff Association in Lorain County is certainly stronger with Karen Wright at the helm. She has been the president for decades and a high school secretary even longer. And she was just named the Ohio Education Association's 2021 ESP of the Year. She joined us now to share her thoughts. Karen, thank you so much for taking the time to sit down with us right now. First of all, let me offer a huge congratulations, OEA ESP of the Year. Talk to me a little bit about that award and what it means to you. It's a great honor. It validates me and all ESPs and the jobs that we do supporting education in in our students. So many times whenever I first started in the association, it was, you're just a, just a secretary, just a bus driver. But I don't get that anymore. I, I, I feel like that we are actually at the same table with teachers and higher ed and everybody. We are accepted. And so to me, being recognized as an ESP is just a tremendous honor. And a very well-deserved one. You have been the um, president of the Wellington School Support Staff Association for quite some time now. Talk to me a little bit about that experience. (laughs) Well, um, going back before that, um, my parents always told me that if I was going to do something that I needed to give it my best. And if I wanted something done and didn't see that it was being done necessarily to its fullest or correctly, that I needed to do it myself. So with that thought in mind, um, I ran for president and was elected again and again and again. Um, it, It has been a great experience. I have learned how to um, stay um, unbiased. I have had to represent people that um, have been truly wronged. And unfortunately, I've also had to represent people that have not been exactly in the right. but I feel like that I have represented all of them fairly. And the way that I've done that is to remember 
that I'm not necessarily representing a person, I'm representing the contract. And uh, we have a strong contract. I feel like that with the people that have been on my executive boards and at the table with me, we've done a good job at keeping our contract strong. Has that been a challenge over the years? It's important for the professional associations ebbs and flows. Have you, have you found you've had some good success there? Absolutely. There, I mean, and a lot depends on um, the members and the administration. Um, There have been some setbacks, but we've gotten something. I I don't feel that we've ever gotten a totally bad contract. There's been some disappointing parts to contracts, but it's all part of the, the fight to protect the contract and collective bargaining. How does a strong contract allow you to do your job better and serve your students better? The contract lays out what is right and what is wrong for for the union and also for um, the administration. I have always felt that if, like in representing some of those people that have not necessarily been completely in the right, I lay a lot of that blame for why it would get the, as far as it would on the administration. The contract makes it clear what the, the, so the administration can do. And if they do those steps, then the union's hands are tied. And I've told more than one administrator, you know, you do this and, and you know, my hands are tied, but you don't do this. And I'm, I'm going to, to defend my people and you're going to lose. And invariably that's what happens. Do you think the administration, not just in your local, but in general, administrations truly understand that's what this is. That's what the contract is. It protects everybody, correct? It absolutely does. Um, There are some administrators that came from the union side that definitely understand. Um, And then there are some administrators that um, they struggle. They, They have never been a part of a union or have forgotten. But I, I think that if they take the time to look at the contract and follow the contract, then everything runs smoother. People know where they stand. People know what they can do, what they can't do. Where there's issues is when people just go off and do what they want to do, regardless of what the contract says. It's clear to me that you are a very strong local president and a very strong advocate for the members in your local. Your colleagues also say you're such a strong advocate of education in general, and you're a strong educator. Let me talk to you a little bit about how they described you in the nominating forms. They called you caring, knowledgeable, dedicated, dependable. They say you have an exceptional work ethic, and they say unionism is in all you do. It's very strong in your family, and you selflessly volunteer your time. That's a lot to unpack, but it's very clear you are exceptionally well-liked and well-respected. 
from the student perspective, talk to me about your job. You're, you're a high school secretary. Um, how are you an advocate for your students in that role? Well, I think of my students as, as my kids. Um, so I, if I see something that is happening that that's not good for them, then I speak out, whether it be to a principal or a teacher. Um, I've even told some parents that they needed to do some things differently. Um, I, I try to remember that even though they're high school students, they're still kids. So they're going to make mistakes. I, I try to be there for them. I try to be the person that is non-threatening, but they know that I'm not going to put up with anything. I have, have established friendships with students and their parents after they're out of school. And there's some long-term friendships there. I, I just, I try my best to do whatever I can for my kids. And I think they appreciate it. Why do that? Why be so dedicated to them, especially after they've left school? <laughs> I, I, I just like people. I, I love the way that they grow up. Um, I love, we have a lot of kids that come back after, you know, they're, they've been in, in college a year um, they'll come back and say hi. Um, then they come back whenever they graduate. Um, we're, we're a small community. We're pretty close knit. Um, they're, they're just good, good people. After 20 years as a high school secretary, it's conceivable that you have some students, former students, children now in your hallways. Have you seen that? Um, yes, as a matter of fact, and actually I've been um, the principal secretary for 30 years. Oh, for 30 years, excuse me. Yeah. Um, yes, as a matter of fact, um, the first couple of classes, kids have already graduated. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, it's, and, and it's, it's really um, neat to be able to see how students that I had back then have raised their kids today and they're doing a fantastic job. And it has to be rewarding for you to see the kind of adults they've become. Absolutely. Yes. Actually, there are some um, of them actually that teach in the schools in Wellington. So they're colleagues. Um, They have a hard time when they first um, come back to Wellington as a part of the staff um, calling me by my first name. (laughs) Well, let's circle back to something you had mentioned earlier that instead of being just a secretary or just the support staff, you have an equal seat at the table with other educators in the, in the building. Do you find that having that past relationship with these, not kids anymore, these adults, has helped cultivate that relationship and that mutual respect? Yeah, I, I really think that, that it does. Um, they've, as I've seen them grow, they've seen me grow. As colleagues, we, we spend more time together than what we did as um, when they were students, but um, there's, uh, I don't know, it, it's, it's kind of, 
it's rewarding to see the adults that they've become and see whenever they are, they become teachers, the way that they use the education that they had from high school. They're just great people. (laughs) And this year, the teachers have been challenged. The education support professionals have been challenged. It has been, what has this been like for you, both from your role as a secretary dealing with COVID in in the schools, but also from your role as the local association president? It it has been challenging. Um, In Wellington, we started the year two weeks late because our county fair is here in our town and we did not want to take a chance on too many people having COVID or COVID symptoms or be carriers. So we decided that we would do that. And then we also came back in a um, hybrid where half the kids, uh, well, first off, we offered online and about a third of the kids went online, fully online. The other two thirds were split in half. And so half came two days, the other half came um, the other two days. And then Wednesday was a day that um, was kind of for makeup. Um, For the teachers, it was challenging trying to figure out how to keep the same class that's divided in two different um, groups together knowing that at some point we would come back together. But our, I, our high school teachers did a fantastic job with that. But me as secretary, um, trying to, um, I worked every day in the building. Keeping the attendance was, was a challenge. Um, you couldn't say that just because a, a student missed one online class that you could count them absent for the day. So we figured out a way that we could do it by period attendance. So that was was really a great challenge, but we did it. Um, we are back fully five days a week. Um, the students that chose to go online decided they wanted to stay online through the rest of the year. So we still only have about two thirds of our kids in the high school. Um, and the other buildings, there are uh, similar numbers, the elementary, they, they had very few though that went online. So it's, it's been, been challenging. Um, I, I think that we will grow from this experience um, once we can look back on it as uh, something that we, we survived and we grew. And I'd like to believe there's a newfound appreciation Uh, or recognition for the important role that education support professionals play in our school. When we're talking about the the health services, the custodial staff, all of those things that really have helped us survive this year, what would your message be to community members about the role of ESPs during the COVID pandemic and beyond? We live here, we work here, and we vote here. We we are Wellington. By and large, there are there are a few that we have that do not live in our district, but the support staff are Wellington. 
without us, the, the district would not be able to keep our kids safe by keeping the, the um, classrooms and halls clean and transporting our students in a safe way, um, making sure that everybody is following the rules, whatever those rules are, whether they be the pandemic rules um, or just normal, whatever that is. When you are honored as the Education Support Professional of the Year, do you feel like it's an honor for all of the support staff you also work with, a recognition of the important work that you all do? Absolutely. I, when I, in my acceptance speech for this or whatever you want to call it, I accepted on behalf of all of the unsung heroes that are ESPs across the state. I mean, all of us do above and beyond what is required because we want to be here. We don't get paid a whole lot, but we are dedicated to our students and to our schools. And our students and our schools are so lucky to have you and the other education support professionals that make our schools work and run every single day. Karen, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. As the OEA ESP Award winner, Karen Wright is also OEA's nominee for the National Education Association ESP Award. Ohio's 2020 honoree actually won the national honor. You can learn more about what all of our members do and where we stand on the issues as an organization through the links in the episode notes for this podcast. Make sure you follow or subscribe to Education Matters wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss an episode in the future. If you have thoughts on the podcast, email me at educationmatters at ohea.org. And you can connect with OEA anytime on social media. Just look for at OhioEA on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Until next time, stay well. Thank you.